Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the urban.com.au podcast. Our guest today is Binyan Studios CEO and founder, Andre Dolnikov. Andre, thanks for being here with us today. Great to be here. Tell us a bit about what Binyan Studio does for those who don't know and a bit about its history. Well, um, what we do is when a property developer wants to sell a new project to show it to their perspective bias, but it doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. We create the imagery, the photorealistic images that you would see um, online on the website in, in the brochures that show what the product will ultimately look like interiors, exteriors, and um, also f- we create film and animation about those projects. So it's essentially bridging the gap between the vision that may be existing in terms of, of plans and mm-hmm. elevations from the architect to the very lifelike photoreal visuals that a buyer needs to understand what they're buying. Mm -hmm. You now have offices in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, New York. Yes. Um, How long has the office, or how long has the company been around? Yeah, so the history, it's going soon going to be our 10th anniversary. Um, You could kind of start counting, but before then I was just doing it by myself while I kind of finished in uni. Mm -hmm. And yeah, started literally from my, from my living room. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Don't have a garage story, but uh, it's a living room um, with, you know, we had two little kids. Now we have four kind of, you know, living, uh, finishing uni full time, two kids living on Centrelink (laughs) and, and also working uh, part-time as a rabbi which I still do yeah. uh, though not for pay thankfully mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just as a, as a passion and so that was kind of I, I studied architecture mm-hmm. I then was working at a couple of architecture firms actually in Pittsburgh where mm-hmm. my in-laws are from in, in the United States and uh, was doing 3D renderings which mm-hmm. are what we call it creating the CGI 3D renderings in-house um, and um, some clients asked me to do some things on the side that grew into uh, doing it as a, as a bit of a side hobby while finishing uni. When I finished uni, I said, okay, well, I'm already kind of making a, a smallish living out of this. Should I go work as an entry-level architect yeah. or keep doing this? I, I said, I'll give it a go for another year. Mm-hmm. That year went pretty well. And, uh, and I thought I need some more help. I yeah. hired some incredibly talented people. Most of them uh, from that, even the earliest days are still with us. And we kind of just organically grew from, we definitely caught the wave of the property boom mm-hmm. post sort of 2008 after that. Post know, the GFC. Post the GFC and we grew open offices and so we started in Sydney, opened mm-hmm. then in Melbourne, soon after then in Brisbane, not only to uh, be able to service those markets, but also to um, hire the talent that was available in those locations that you couldn't yeah. necessarily get in all in one. Um, so that kind of um, went really great. We brought a lot of people from overseas over the years as well, from the UK, um, Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. um, Asia, and so forth. About three years ago, we opened in New York, which was a, a process leading up to that. A couple of years, we would, we would travel a lot. We'd do what, a lot of the work remotely. Now that team has grown, up, grown to about 15 people, and we're doing probably about half our work due to that is... Um, projects that are not in Australia, okay. so US, Canada, Asia, Middle East, and now starting in Europe as well mm-hmm. a little bit. So that's a very condensed version of the story, but there's lots of different uh, fun and games and yeah. cha- challenges and uh, exhilarating moments along the way. Was there a particular moment where something clicked and you said, look, I don't actually see myself 
being an architect, I actually enjoy the visual elements of it a lot more. I don't know if there was a moment, you know, it's a, it's a bit of everything. Part of it is like, you know, you got to put food on the table. Yeah. This was going, let's keep going. And then I really found, I mean, I always enjoyed the 3D part of it. That definitely, as soon as I learned how to use software at uni, it kind of something yeah. that really drew me to it. Because in a way, you're just focusing on the aesthetics and kind of the more creative bit of mm -hmm. designing a building, even though you're not really designing it. Yeah. But oftentimes you are playing a pretty big role in how that building will look. So the, the artwork, the creativity inherent in creating the image mm -hmm. uh, kind of is what draws people to this profession, yeah. similar to an architectural photographer, mm -hmm. I would say. So we're, I would say, much more like architectural photographers than we are architects. Yeah. We, we just make these photographs, but we make them, uh, we make the pixels ourselves. We don't take it with a camera, but we use a lot of the same principles, a lot of the same considerations. And the art becomes the process of creating an image and the building, that's your subject. Yeah. You know, that's your, that's your uh, actor that you, mm -hmm. that you portray in the film. Where the filmmakers, they can look tall, short, yeah. and we still have to make them look amazing and yeah. make, make that image or a film communicates something to the audience and that I've grown in my appreciation of that and kind of the passion for it um, all the time because if I get bored with it, you know, I'm out. Yeah. I, I never want to be bored. I, I, I really, it really demotivates me and that's how I try to convey that same kind of spirit to the team. If you're bored with this, then you should do something else. Your point around photography, obviously, some understanding of architectural design is probably necessary, but would you say more so an understanding of photography, more so for people or budding CGI artists? You need there? both. Yeah. You need both. You can't, it's like two legs. You can't have one without the other. If you don't know how to speak the language of architecture, mm -hmm. you're not going to know how to model the building, yeah. of course. But I think that's almost the foundation. Mm -hmm. But then to, to take it from... The, uh, to take it from an image that simply describes architecture mm -hmm. to an image that you could call you know, a piece of art yeah. that's going to move your audience, going to have some sort of insight and observation in what you're showing, that's when you need the photography, that's when you need to have all sorts of creative influences mm -hmm. from, from film, from comics, from, you know, we encourage our guys, not, don't just look at Instagram of other yeah. 3D companies. I mean, you know, you're in your own echo chamber. Look beyond that. Look at hand artists. Look at... Rembrandt, how he lights his interiors, it's fascinating. So, so you, you can't kind of get in without knowing architecture, yeah. or at least a lot of, some people come from industrial design and they have, you need to know how to read a drawing, mm -hmm. basically, and to how to picture it in your mind in 3D. But beyond that, you can take influence from anything yeah. you want. Yeah. Uh, the name Dinyan, where does that come from? So that's to do with my, my background as, as, a, as, as a Jewish person. Mm -hmm. that, that It's a Hebrew word for the process of creating something new for building something from something to nothing so nothing to something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was a bit uh, yeah because we create from nothing and we we, we we construct things so it's a word that I picked right in the beginning a couple of times I thought oh should I change it to something people will understand yeah. a bit more but by that time I remember one time actually um, my one of our earliest team members Chris uh uh, worst fall day I'm going to show it I came up with a new name I'm not going to say what the new name is because now I'm embarrassed of it and he's like if you change it I'm out of here I'm like okay we're going to keep it <laughs> so it's stuck it's funny how a name can be such a point of contention I got an AVN a few years ago and I picked the name after having 
a few drinks with my cousin. What could go wrong? What could go wrong, right? And now, you know, years later, I look at it and go, why did I pick that? <laughs> you were talking before about, you know, encouraging um, people within the office to take inspiration from various media and sources. Is there anything in particular, a film or an image that really resonated with you or inspires you in the work that you do? Well, I mean, we work on hundreds of projects yeah. per year, so it's not, uh, it's not. I would say, it's difficult to, to, to pick one specific mm-hmm. influence, but we, the point is we encourage, and I'm not saying we do this in every project, yeah. but we, we strive for, to. you should have an influence. I mean, we did a project recently that looked like, you know, it was kind of inspired by like the, the Blade Runner yeah. aesthetic. Very Another one was very atmospheric, very kind of film noir, mm-hmm. very like... Be, be okay with having shadows you know that's something we've had to kind of coach our clients over the years like used to be like oh no there can't be a single bit of shade on yeah. my building well it's going to look like a like a like a cartoon then it won't yeah, look realistic like yeah you got to have different types of lighting quality mm-hmm. that you explore you got to be comfortable with the dark you know because you actually can convey the the key essence of what you're showing mm-hmm. through contrast of light and dark and yeah. you need that so you know things um definitely gotham city comes yeah. into it quite on uh, quite a few projects which was really was really fun um then it can go into the other direction and very like ethereal so mm-hmm. it could be it could be any sorts of influence in terms of film and there's some you know great photographers like um like uh, gregory crutzen who uh, uh to do with the use of people mm-hmm. and to do with the use of storytelling and narrative within an image so we try to draw in a few different sources yeah. And people have there are lots lots of people are into you know um, concept art mm-hmm. and and even gaming and taking ideas from yeah. there. So plenty of no shortage of places to draw ideas from. It's on the point of trying to convince clients. I suppose within the industry, there's sometimes the danger of images looking very similar, even though they're produced by different um, visualization companies yeah. or CGI artists. Um, what would you say is Binyan's point of difference in how you process and then how you like to market a project because you're effectively helping a developer sell something which doesn't actually exist yeah well we're, that's what you made a good point we're actually part of their marketing team not their architecture team i think i mean sometimes we are engaged by architects to help them with architecture yeah. but most of the time we're part of the marketing process and, and the team and we try to sort of add value to that Point of difference, um, I mean, there's many. I'm not saying we're the only company yeah. in the world does this, but this is, I would say, our industry at its best. And, and what we strive for is, for example, taking a more of a, I would say, less is more approach. Mm-hmm. So saying to a client, instead of trying to put a security, security camera angle and to try to uh, a camera in the space and show everything you want to show in one shot, which you'll end up kind of showing nothing. Yeah. Rather, let's do a series of much more focused, detailed shots or vignettes within that space to really read out the character of all the de- de- details. So we really push them in, in, in that direction. Exactly what we were talking about earlier, exploring different times of, of day and different lighting qualities, different grading feels. You see, again, in films, every, you know, Every filmmaker, this Tim Burton's fil- films look a particular way, yeah. and 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 Ridley Scott looks another way, and you can k- keep going. You know, there's something uh, about every filmmaker that have mm-hmm. a unique visual style. So, bringing some of those ideas into 
architectural 3D yeah. rendering is something we're very passionate about. I think is a point of difference mm -hmm. about um, the work that, that, that we do. Um, do, uh, do we succeed in getting that type of creative um, next level stuff at every project? Probably not, yeah. but we really push it. And I think it's building year by year, it's becoming more and more accepted. And um, that's quite an exciting mm. thing. Um, but yeah, if you just do renderings that three years ago would wow people today, every 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 like you said every project can look the same yeah. i'd say one more point that there's a big emphasis for us is film and animation mm -hmm. that we will even the still renderings we will output them with a slight moving uh, mm -hmm. detail it could be that the spire and the spire is actually on or the yeah. curtain swaying or the coffee mug with some beautiful steam coming off mm -hmm. the coffee cup so you're actually putting that on your website and it's a lot richer and deeper content that people get more engaged in and ultimately that goes through to film and animation yeah. like making little almost like TV commercials about the project, not a fly-through where you've got a dorky kind of yeah. handicam look, but rather a much more evocative mm. little ad about the project. And ultimately, we even get into um, immersion experiences where we will consult to the developer about you know, projecting the film on, let's say, three different surfaces and having surround sound and having this kind of much more theatrical experience within their sales centers. It's not just walk in, here's a brochure, here's, yeah. a, here's a, something printed on the wall the choreography of how that sales journey actually uh, progresses mm -hmm. is another area where we get involved in lots. That's definitely something I would say probably unique only about, about us to be able to do kind of that full gamut yeah. of from the basic image to a 360 experience with you know, all sorts of tech involved in that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose you then give a project a more lived-in quality than... Even when you do like those kind of handheld fly-throughs, it still feels as if, you know, it's empty, no one lives there, it's just a curated space. Just going back to the point of the atmospheric quality of some images, I think there's a tendency within the marketing of projects to almost forget the different ways people arrive at their new dwelling. Like, I like this idea of when you're, you might be out at night, it's middle of winter, it's pouring, then you come home and, you know, lights are on and there's this warm quality that you're coming home to. And I feel like that, it's those moments that are sometimes forgotten. In yeah. Parking. Well, we do, frequently we'll do right after the rain or sometimes even yeah. in the rain and then you have the dwelling that that's glowing. That's yeah. your, you know, that's your refuge. Yeah. That's where you want to, that, that's where you want to be. So mm -hmm. you create a certain desire yeah. about the product. Um, and 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 also particularly Melbourne project yeah. it, it rains here so <laughs> why not the rain is beautiful yeah. rain is nostalgic rain automatically attracts certain emotive kind of memories mm -hmm. that we all have about you know running from the rain and coming in and it's all warm and someone Being gives you a hug yeah. exactly shelter yeah which is, yeah again is interesting because traditionally projects have been displayed as we said blue skies and it's like sure the building might look great in that light but that's blue skies, warm outside. Last place I probably want to be is inside <laughs> that building. Yeah, good point. Where do you see the future of visualization and marketing going? Obviously, VR and AR has taken off in the last couple of years, but what's your view on? Well, I think um, where it's going, I think definitely VR and AR, like they're here, they have a place. We do that sort of work as well. Mm -hmm. We're do, working on a project in, you know, in KL now that's got an AR app and VR we've just done for Hudson Yards in New York. Mm -hmm. So we do that stuff um, all the time. 
But for us, the focus isn't the technology itself. It's actually the use of it. People always ask me, like, what's going to be the next disruptive yeah. thing? What's going to put you out of business? I love that question. Like, <laughs> what's going to put you out of business? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a business? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but I don't say that. I, 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 I swallow my pride. Uh, um, you know, for me, if your business is about just about technology, that's what can get disrupted. My focus is to make sure our business and by extension our industry, because I definitely see ourselves, I mean, we're the largest company in Australia, yeah. one of the largest in the world actually in what we do. Um, you know, we, we look ourselves as also leaders in our industry to make sure it's, it, 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 it matures, it has uh, the kind of respect it it really, I think, deserves. Mm -hmm. Just a side point, like so often, it's our images that literally take up 90% yeah. of the brochure, everything on Instagram, and we don't get credited, mm -hmm. which is a big bugbear of mine. And I really encourage anybody who's listening who has any leverage over that as far as like developers, credit your artists. You'll actually get cachet from it because mm. we, many of companies, we have a pretty strong, very strong social media um, following that yeah. it'll only reflect positively on your projects and it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Sorry, that was a... A plug for yeah, accrediting yeah, I mean, images. Yeah, they credit photographers. Why exactly, not? exactly. Because someone in the seventies, as a photography, you know, lobbyist, yeah. or someone said, "We we have to do this yeah. now," and that's and now it's actually a law. But in our world, no one. That's why I mean the yeah. industry needs to mature a little bit to get to that point. Um, back to what you were asking, which was um, the future. The future yeah, the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think the industry will. Um, kind of keep evolving from being a an assistant to architecture that's there to to describe the design because actually what there is a disruption happening in the sense that architects now also use exactly the same 3D tools mm -hmm. and as far as using them to a level where they can describe their design to their client mm -hmm. that their tools are sufficient so companies, I think, that are specializing in that side of the, of the development process, I think would be in trouble because mm -hmm. the architects just start doing it themselves. Yeah. They already are. Um, so I think where the industry will really, um, will really flourish mm -hmm. is in that marketing um, component of yeah. project. And by marketing, I mean in the broader sense. Marketing could be to the wider community. Mm -hmm. could be you know, to, 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 to for um, for you know, stakeholders, politicians, yeah. decision makers to make decisions, not only for display suites. And get to a level the same way that, you know, advertising before the 70s was, you know, an ad would be on, an ad on TV would say, your wife will like this broom. It has <laughs> thicker bristles. It's, it's a little bit lighter. It's now $2 cheap. And if you call this number now, you will get it. A and discount. Your discount. And so it's, Product price, yeah. you know. I don't know if that comes across, but I, I just I just imitated a yeah. snore. Um, so that's I think still a lot of the way property marketing is done. It's like here's our location. We're near this train station. We have this view. This is the square meter rate, and this is the finishes. And we have this interior designer on board. Now there'll be three other projects that are saying exactly the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So how do you actually differentiate? So now in so to speak mainstream advertising there's always a story it'll be a car commercial with Pierce Brosnan doing something witty and something blows up yeah. and something happens that makes you remember the product by not the 
Of course, the car has four wheels and it comes in different colors and it has a price. Obviously, you need to know that. But that's not how you remember the product. Mm. That's not how you connect with the brand. I think our industry, the future of it is becoming a lot more... uh, a lot more innovative in the way we um, market and sell real estate. Which, if you think about it, how come a you know a deodorant has a, uh, a, a an ad for, or a campaign or a billboard that's much more innovative than uh, the most important purchase you're ever yeah. going to make in your life, which is a piece of property? <laughs> so, of course, there's a budget reason for that, but it's not only budget. It's it's the kind of way of thinking mm. that I think in the future <laughs> will evolve more the tools definitely will change I, I I look forward to the day to where everything's happening in the clouds don't have to buy our server yeah. racks and server farms everything's happening in the cloud where 3D rendering by moving our arms around in a VR Changing environment great materials. would love all yeah. that and we definitely are very focused on internally on R&D, making sure we've got the latest tools, engaging with actually the, the software mm-hmm. uh, providers to make sure we're abreast of what the latest things happening. And, and so the way we do our stuff will definitely change and evolve in, into different directions. But I think the kernel of um, inspiring the audience to have a, some sort of emotive response to what you're portraying, that's, that's at the core. And that will always remain. And that will, I think, get more and more interesting in the years to come. Yeah. Alright, I think we'll um, leave it there. Thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And hopefully for anyone listening who considering a career in CGI, hopefully they found that useful. Thanks again. Great. Thank you.